the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. In the first segment, we talked a little bit about renting versus buying, and there's no shame in being a renter, especially if you're in a rent control type of area where you're able to save more. I think both are right answers, saving and buying a home and renting a home. They're all great. Having proper insurance is part of the formula as well. If you don't, if you don't insure things, you know, you can kick over dead and like someone that needs you um, could be left in, in fits and starts, so to speak. So one of the things I want to get at in this segment, having already talked about someone who walked away from owning a home, is I was recently in a foreign land and they said, Wait, wait, you can sell your home net six figures, seven figures? Like, why are you still working? Why are you still doing this? I'm like, that's a pretty good question. And it's because I've got an investment mentality when it comes to real estate. With the financial crisis 10 years behind us, a lot of investors are done with licking their wounds. And we're like, woohoo, life is good. Happy days are here again. Stock market's long since recovered and went up eight straight years. Will it be nine? Americans were told long ago that a home was part of a key investment. I remember being a young man, and the man sitting with me right now is Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. We were both young men together in college times. And um, back then, you know, you're talking the early 90s, a home was an investment. Americans were long told it was an investment, essential to building wealth and getting into the middle class or staying there. A lot of people were hit hard by the housing crash that left tens of millions of people owning their homes worth very little, both in 2006 as well as in the early 90s. Uh, housing went through a major, major crash. Home ownership is not an investment. It's a lifestyle choice for those wanting the freedom of owning your own home and land. People who assume a strong rate of return on their home purchase, they're living in the 1990s. Can we get a little... Um, Wah, wah, wah. Um, bon Jovi, a little living on a prayer. We need some 90s to pull us out of this. Maybe a little bit of grunge to pull us out of this. So people who assume a strong rate of return are living in that 90s kind of mentality. The commercials then were, you know, buy real estate. And then sometimes when uh, Trump and North Korea start talking about nuclear weapons, it's buy gold. 
There's always going to be something out there. Over time, home ownership has worked well, but only for those who are sensible. Don't speculate with the house you live in. In fact, I would probably consider buying less of a house to live in and consider more of your investments in real estate tied towards duplexes and other ways of of cash flowing properly. Um, buy within your means. Buy where you want to live. Buy slow. Buy smart. Know that over time, the housing market's been as stable of a vehicle for growth as the stock market. But that's over time and not in the short period. It's not meant to be, wow, I made a lot of money in the last five years. Time to cash out. Tony Mendez, Bay com. Do you look at the housing market as in the 1990s um, as an investment? It was a big, big theme back in the 90s. Well, it wasn't something that we were taught. Uh, you brought me back uh, quite a few years, and I tried to put myself back in my 20s and early 30s, and it, it didn't sound like something that we were taught. It was more something of, this is what we want to get. This is what we want to do. We want well, to play commercials on foreclosures. I don't know if you remember the 90s. It might have moved fast for you, but buy a home and auction. I And I think that was the first, the first time I... I remember hearing about real estate being an investment and, and a way to make money. Uh, we had a friend that went down to Houston and was buying trust deeds. And all he would do is just buy a piece of paper and then turn around and sell it. Um, and we were like, is it that easy? Is it a scam? Uh, so the mentality has definitely changed, I, I, especially when you do see a place like the Bay Area, especially if you grew up in the Bay Area, you've definitely seen it, uh, where you, you're looking at double, triple digits in some cases, returns on your investment. But where we really see people making the commitment, and for a long time, retirement and real estate were not used in the same sentence. It is today, but it, it wasn't in the past. Uh, people would do one or the other, um, and the people who really concentrated on real estate uh, were doing it really with their primary residence because that wasn't their main goal. It was a house over there, you know, roof over their head. It was they would aim towards rental properties or some sort of um, vacation property that they could rent out. And um, and it was always like, hey, we're going to go to the beach, you know, three or four times a year. Why don't we own that property instead of um, instead of renting out? And let's rent it to other people and start making some money. And that was like the East Coast mentality. And the West Coast mentality was similar in, in some respects, but we they watched their, their primary residence go up. And then they saw rents kind of fluctuating and uh, – so it, it really kind of depends on, on when you start and what you were taught when you were younger. I, I think today a lot more people are savvy about it. Tony is my mortgage lender, and I've done numerous mortgage loans through him, and you can trust him, and he'll do your paperwork right, and he'll get you the best product for you. He got me a loan, get this, 3.2%, which is pretty good for a 30-year fixed. I would be loco in the cocoa to ever give up that mortgage because it's low cost of money. That's a lot of money. And, like, it's like almost like walking into a casino. It's it's not like walking into a casino. I should be very cautious on how I say this. It's almost too good to be true. My dad never got that much money for that low of a cost. So anyway, Robert Johnson, president of the American College of Financial Services, he said that homeowners appear to be homes appear to be stable investments because you don't get minute to minute price fluctuations, and that's true. And I look at my house; it's up fifty percent in the last eight years. And you know what would have been a better investment for me? living in Tony's extra spare room and putting my mortgage cost in the stock market because I would have been up 125%. But I had, like, I want to own a home. 
I want it to be mine. I want to come back on Fridays and sit in the backyard and have pina coladas. I would have charged you a lot, though. There would have been in my spare room. But then the the cost of the home, also the property taxes, the amount of paint that I put on the walls, I would have been up a lot more. But again, because you don't see home prices published in the newspaper every day, and you only look at the long term gains, people are smoking the. Do you remember that when when home prices were posted in the newspaper, you pick up the Sunday paper and it show you the what what the home sold for, and that that was our way of getting the information. I don't remember remember that. that. Newspapers, tell me more about them. (laughs) They were those pieces of paper that had information on it that we used to pick up in the driveway every morning. So leverage, and I hear this from people who are in real estate clubs, which I find real estate clubs to be kind of silly. It's like, hey, everyone, let's come talk about how great real estate is, and let's talk about great properties you can buy. And, oh, by the way, I've got a piece of, uh, the, the, the owner of the real estate club is like, I happen to be a mortgage lender that I'm not really telling you that, but it's passive aggressively I'm marketing this. So if you come to the real estate club, there's a pretty good chance I'm going to be pushing how great real estate is because you're going to probably do business with me. Or they're tied towards the property, or they're tied towards the realtor, or they're tied towards the 1031 guy, or they're tied towards the attorney. Um, be very cautious on clubs, per se. Um, clubs can get you in trouble. So anyway, let's talk quickly, um, not about leverage. Let's save that conversation for later in the show. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at Rob Black Show. Anytime there's a seminar, Tony Show is up. So if you want to talk real estate, you can. He's my guy. CFP Chad Burton's in the mix as well. You can find him at NewFocusFinancial.com. That's where I'm wet at. You can find me at NewFocusFinancial or Rob Black Show. That's RobBlackShow.com. Check me out. Um, if there's a seminar, use code RADIO25 to get in for free. If you want to start figuring out real estate investments, property ideas, contact Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. story about Chick-fil-A or Taco Bell coming out with some sort of new scramble or some sort of new taco. You kill Taco Bell. I think Taco Bell is doing just crazy stuff with their food, and I recently saw they're turning a fried egg into a taco shell, uh, which is pretty cool. And uh, I, I don't know why it's cool, but it's kind of cool to me. Um, I'm old. 
I'm older. When I was 20, I'd be like, let's get a Taco Bell. Now I'm like, I can't do it. The sodium will kill me. My doctor told me not to. But it's the millennials that I care about on this show a lot as far as driving trends. And when you understand trends, demographics, and census data, you can do a lot as an investor. Um, one of the very first things that I, I did when I got into this industry was I, I studied the census and I studied population growth and, you know, demographics in the United States. Uh, just saying. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Mr. Mendez, how are you? I'm well. Good morning. Good morning. Let's talk about buying points. It's one of those things that confuses a lot of people because it's kind of contentious. Wait, I'm spending $600,000 on a mortgage, and you want me to spend another $12,000? And I've always bought points if I'm going to stay in the house over three years. Four years, maybe five years. But I always consider it if it's not going to be a flip. When you get a mortgage, the there's a cost associated with it, and you can pay additional costs that are associated with a rate called discount points. You can also pay origination points. We're purely talking about discount points, and that discount point is a percentage of your loan amount. So, yeah, if you're getting a $600,000 loan and you're paying one point, you're paying $6,000 in addition to buy down that rate. And the general rule of thumb is if interest rates are in the lower range, you don't buy points. If in their higher range, you may consider buying points. And the reason Stop is, for is a because... Second. Um, let's stop for a second. A point, a lot of people don't know because our math system and our grammar isn't the best. A point is 100 basis points equals one point. A basis, a point is a percentage, right? Yes. So you can cut your mortgage rate maybe if you buy a point from 4% to 3%. That's the idea. It's the idea, and then at some level the lender will cut it off and make it just too expensive for you to buy it down. The whole okay. theory of buying down a rate with using points is to um, stay in the property long enough so that that lower rate and the lower payment that comes along with it will pay you back more than the cost of that point. Okay. I follow. Um so mathematically, that's something you do for clients. You you show them, okay, here's your 30-year option, here's your 15-year option, here's your 7-year arm option. Now, what I would say is if you buy points on the 30-year, maybe down the road, you're not in the house, but you'll have a lower mortgage rate that can turn it into a rental. It can help your cash flow a little easier. Short-term pain, long-term gain. You show clients all of this stuff, right? Right, and and, and it's what changes on a daily basis, something that... I always tell people when they, we first start talking that rates don't change. It's the price of the rate that changes. So it's really important that you have some sort of interactive, uh, and I use spreadsheets you know, that I can simply just change the, the pricing so you can see the comparison between, let's say, for example, 4%, and if you drop it to 3 and an eighth or 3.75, and how much that costs in points and what your payback period is. And that's really important to know because you are paying more costs, but you are getting a lower payment with it. When does it make sense, and how long does it make sense for you to stay in that house before it starts benefiting you? So the, usually the longer you stay there, the more it's going to benefit you. Okay. Now, changing topics from buying points, should you or shouldn't you, have we covered everything that we need to cover on that? 
I think so. It, a lot a good of relationship with your lender for. helps. Yeah. It does. And, and it also, um, there's other options, and I, I hate to bore you with so many numbers, but there are other options and ways that you can pay points with origination that can help you get a lower rate. Again, the whole theory here is that the longer you stay in your property, the lower the rate will benefit you in the long run. And that's where points come into play. I'm with you on that. And again, I like points, um, only because I always get oh. into real estate thinking I'm going to keep it for the long term. And there are right uh, tax benefits, too, by paying points. If I were going to be in the property short term, I might go with just a five-year arm or a th- I'm, I'm going to go three. I, it's just too scary for me. Um, or seven year. And when I say scary, it's like when you set the term of your loan and then you decide to buy points or not, you really got to be comfortable with, with the environment you're buying into. And again, I, I, even like a three year, Tony, I don't think people have a lot to be fearful of right now. It's not like interest rates are surging or have a, a, I think we're in a low interest rate environment and this may be the new norm until we see otherwise. I'm going to say that out loud. That is the alternative to getting a 30-year fixed and paying points. If you know you're going to stay in the property, you might as well just get a five-year arm or seven-year arm, which are both the best-priced arms in the market. But if you're going to stay in a house for three years, get a five-year, because you may stay there an extra couple of years. If you stay, if you were to five years, you get a seven-year, and a seven-year, you get a 10-year. And every time you shorten that term, the rate does drop. And it's, in essence, similar to what you would do by buying points, but you're not buying points. You're just taking a shorter term, which compensates. So it's all about payment. And it's all about your time frame in the property. And that's how the math plays out. Okay. Anything else we need to hit up on, or is that about it for the points conversation? That's, that's about what you need to know until you start seeing a spreadsheet and see how it makes sense for your scenario. Thanks very much. It's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Buying points is one of those, I'm not going to say contentious, but it is a lot of people have problems with it because... The whole buying a house, you're like, how much am I paying a realtor? How much am I, you know, and then you buy points, and you're like, wait, wait, now you need to check for an extra $12,000 wired over? Why didn't you tell me? Like, it always feels like there's going to be more cost and more cost and more cost, and they never end. Um, I've bought multiple properties in my lifetime, and none of them have I ever gone, you know, that was pretty good. I feel comfortable with the whole process. Um, I like having a friend. I like having a... Um, someone I trust, a trusted person, uh, helped me with these decisions. Um, and, I, and I'll say this, like sometimes you're going to look back and go, oh, I wish I would have bought points. Sometimes you're going to do that. That is going to happen. So, you know, trying to have a knowledgeable base of, of understanding of what you're bringing to the table in the first place is probably a pretty good idea. So you can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaAloanSource.com. He also does a show here on KDOW AM 1220. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. If you want to learn more about mortgages and real estate, he's a good guy to have on your team. As far as my team, I'm going to be doing real estate. Nope, nope, nope. I'm going to be doing investing seminars. That's what I do. Wealth preservation, retirement planning coming up soon.
comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Even businessmen that rob and steal and cheat from people every day, even they have to pay taxes. It's tax time. Rafael Tolino from the IRS, Internal Revenue Service. It's tax time. How are you, Mr. Tolino? Hi, Rob. I'm doing great. How about you? It's always fun. Doing uh, well. Up there. We've been... Yeah, you're still uh, still doing your thing. I'm glad to hear it. 20-plus years now. So I've I know. Some of it crossing paths with you many years ago. But um, tell us how you landed at the IRS and what you do for the IRS. Public affairs, uh, you know, so communication functions of all types. And uh, I was up there working in the radio business up there for a few years, and I got lucky. I applied for the gig um, while I was living up there. This is 17, 16, almost 17 years, 16 and a half years ago. Anyway, um, and I uh, was fortunate enough to get it and, and come down here, and I was talking to the, um, the gentleman that picked up the phone. I think is it Mike? Yep. I his name right. Um, and uh, saying, man, you, uh, you know, radio, God loved it. I mean, it's a, it was so fun, but I'm very lucky to have this, have this gig and have the stability, no question. Well, I'll tell you the bad news about radio is most people in radio don't pay taxes. So, because they're, okay, they're, so, they're that low um, income threshold. Yeah, I hear you. You know what? Let me have the social security numbers for everybody you know, Rob. No, I'm, I'm with you on that one. So, uh, Mr. Tolino, it's tax time. We're down to the final month, essentially. Um, one of the things I learned recently about filing taxes early is that's sometimes a good way of cutting down on fraud because the government has already checked you off as paid and in good standing, and then someone sends in a fake return and uh, they're on to it, so to speak. Yeah, we always uh, kind of uh, jump up and down and say, hey, file your return when you're ready, prepared, have all your re, uh, paperwork and such, and you're ready to file an accurate return the first time, right, all those kinds of things. But, uh, yeah, no question about it. If um, in, the, in the age we live in today, with all the resources we have, with all the detectors and the screens and the filters that are in place to make sure we're only sending out legitimate refunds, that's part of the arsenal you can have as a taxpayer is, um, is timing. Yeah, no question about that. As I've gotten older, my taxes have gotten more complicated, and I've probably gotten a, a letter or two more than usual from the IRS saying, you say you did this, but we only have a form for that. It used to stress me out to get that letter from the IRS. It doesn't stress me out anymore, but one of the things that stress does is it kind of makes you susceptible to scams when people feel like, oh, the IRS needs something. Let's talk IRS and scams and what people shouldn't stress over. Right, and the way that you are receiving correspondence is the way we're doing it. We send out, I don't know, millions of letters every year to taxpayers, and usually they have something to do with, hey, we, we, we have this form or this 1099 or W-2 or this document that is a you know third-party matching deal, which is what a 1099, W-2, all those 1098, all those forms are, and perhaps you omitted that. Or, on the other hand, um, uh, you know, we're asking about, uh, you know, this, that, the other. But anyway, you get the idea. Yeah. Uh, the letter part is a normal correspondence to it, and, and most of those end up being no change anyway, and they could be handled via a letter, so you shouldn't fret. Just take care of business based on what the letter's asking about. But we certainly, under no circumstance, are calling you out of the blue, demanding immediate tax payment, threatening arrest, threatening a lawsuit, threatening deportation, 
threatening uh, like eradication of a business license because you haven't paid these taxes and you need to pay them immediately. Uh, that's a scammer using the IRS as a lure, if you will, to get you to try to comply with them. The other thing we're not doing is sending uninitiated emails into your inbox about who knows what, a nominal refund, a probe, a survey, a this, or that, the other. Uh, you know, asking you to click on a link, that's phishing with a PH, as most people now know. And there's also spear phishing, you gotta be careful of that. But, uh, uh, our normal correspondence, like I say, is a letter in the mail. Not that random threatening phone call, and certainly not an uninitiated email. In fact, we don't even use email uh, for the most part. It's not uh, a very secure way to do business. So, yeah, get the idea. Yeah, I totally hear you. And like I said, I've run in, with, I've had run in with the IRS that some people would deem as like, you don't pay your taxes, you're cheating. I'm just, Seems that mine are more complicated than most, and I no longer stress when I get a letter from the friendly IRS agent. Just open it up. And you, as I was say, and, and like I say, like I say, you respond to the other thing is uh, on that note is you shouldn't pay any more tax than you owe. You should take advantage of every tax benefit deduction credit that you're eligible for legally, of course, uh, to lower your bill and or increase your refund. And that's what it's there for in terms of all those benefits in the code. You just uh, got to file that return and. Uh, make sure you get it done right in terms of if you're doing it yourself, the software's going to hold your hand, or if you're a client to a tax professional like a CPA, which about 55% of us are in terms of numbers every year, it's more than half for sure who outsource uh, preparation to a tax professional. So choose wisely, of course, there because um, you want that return done, you want all those benefits, but uh, you want to make sure it's accurate because you're the one uh, responsible once you sign it. So really uh, be careful when you choose somebody doing your return for you. No no question there. Tax day falls on the 15th, which is a Sunday on April, so don't owe it on Sunday. Uh, Monday is a D.C. holiday, so don't owe it on 16th. 17th looks like it's the filing day this year if people want to yep. procrastinate as long as they can. Yep, 17th today, and like you said, that, that D.C. holiday was... I don't remember when, but a few years ago, it was made into a law that uh, folks in D.C., and I think it had something to do with Patriots Day somewhere in New England area, too. Uh, those two together, uh, folks there got an extra day, so we all got an extra day. So that's kind of how that works. But uh, if you can't get it done, what's that? It's exactly basically a month from now, right? Uh, take the extension of time to file. It's always worth mentioning. You have that extra six months. But uh, if you owe or you think you owe, then the, the 17th is still your deadline. Otherwise, you risk some penalties or interest that can accrue on your account. Um, if you have a requirement to file and you have a balance due and you can't full pay, do file the return. The penalties for that, the interest for the, the penalties for not filing uh, when you have a return with a balance due is much greater than filing and not full paying. And uh, the IRS is flexible. We realize folks can't full pay, but file that return and let's work it out over time, payments over time, that kind of thing. But uh, you know, certainly the flexibility is there to work with folks. But the key uh, like I say, is filing a return if you have a balance due. That way you avoid, uh, you know, increases down the road you don't want to see. Now, there's not a lot of people in the Bay Area who qualify as low income who can afford to live here, but the IRS does have some low income programs for filing online, e-filing. Uh, tell us a little about e-filing and what some of the thresholds where people should be. Right. Um, e-file is available for everybody, and it's free. And, yeah, obviously the the income levels up there are skewed a bit differently. In fact, all of California is really. I mean, it is for me down here in San Diego for the most part. But free comes in two avenues, um, free electronic filing through the free file program on irs.gov, which is a public partnership with uh, private software uh, providers. And uh, if your income is $66,000 or less, you can use one of those software providers for free to file a federal income tax return. 
So you'll find out more on IRS.gov. And the key is using IRS.gov as a portal, if you will, to get to the free file program and then click out of our site and into the software provider you choose to choose that software for free. The other thing is um, Volunteer Income Tax Assistance, or VITA, which is uh, many, many sites up and running all around the Bay Area at different hours and locations with different community partners that uh, offer free tax prep for lower to moderate income individuals and families. Simpler returns, generally about $54,000 or less, and uh, you get free tax prep. So. For those folks, and there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people who fall in that category who sometimes fail to take advantage of free, but uh, always nice to make mention of those resources. Mr. Chalino with the IRS, anything else that you want to mention in your two or three minutes that we have left? Uh, I don't know. We always have Oh, you know what's good to make mention of that we didn't is the new tax law that came along um, right before Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. That is basically for 2018 going forward, which we'll file next year. So uh, most of just about all that law really has no bearing, if you will, on the 17 return we're filing now. So always a good mention to, to keep that in mind. The other thing is because of the huge changes, I should say, or big changes in terms of uh, what's coming and what's, like, for example, the personal exemption is gone, the standard deduction is doubled, there's all kinds of other tax provisions to be aware of. Not a bad idea to do some tax planning this year, more than ever, because you don't want to have a big surprise, either a bigger refund, or you might owe, or a smaller refund when you file next year because of those changes and how they affect people and the uh, withholding tables that are being used differently by employers now to withhold money from paychecks from from workers and all that. Um, there's changes in business for C-Corps and S-Corps, so there's all kinds of stuff going on there. Uh, and it's not a bad idea to consider some planning here as you make your way to 2018. Sounds good. It's Mr. Rafael Tolino with the IRS. A little planning. That's if you have a CPA, when you dump off your materials to have him you know, prepare your taxes, say, hey, when this is all said and done, can we talk about what I should be doing for 2018, 2019 as we go forward? Uh, because they know the laws and they're pretty prepared and they'll know the tax deductions that you should start counting on. Um, a good CPA, by the way, will always run two scenarios with you. Like, for instance, if you're married, he'll say, okay, if you file married, here's where your taxes are going to be. If you file uh, married, filed instead of jointly, but singly, um, separate, you hear what your taxes would be as individuals and as couples. A good CPA will do that, just FYI, um, throwing that out there for you as that's my job, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about money, investing, and more. We'll have Raphael on again as we get closer to tax time, tax day. But at this point in time, we've got about 30 days. Remember the good old like movies and TV dads? They would go up and they're like, oh, it's tax time. And they'd be sitting at their desk with a calculator and like a pen in their hair or above their ear. And they'd be hitting the calculator and paper would be coming out of it. And then you just got to the point where you're like, I think I need to hire a CPA to do this. TurboTax is good for its day, but you get complicated and have kids and houses and such. It can get to be a little bit too little for you. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Visit 
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. $200? Is it free if you get a data plan? Is it $1,000? Do you and your sugar booger want to have a phone each? Hmm, maybe I can go into the uh, carrier, the wireless service provider, and say, hey, I'll take two X phones, iPhone Xs, for the price of one. Buy one, get one free. And you see the promotion stopped a week or two later. It wasn't doing that well. There's a lot of data points out there right now that Apple is not doing well. It's fair. What's too expensive on a phone? The next question is, how do you want to own a stock or a company? Or are you basically saying, I'm only in it when the high end's in it? Or do you see some value in some of the other components versus the high end phones? So the iPhone 10 has come, and it's going. What's the next big event for Apple? A lot of people continue to say, still say services. I got this hot and sexy photo of me when I was 35, and now 10 years later I want it saved forever and ever and ever. I can put it on my computer. I can leave it on my phone, wait for it to get stolen or broken. Or I can put it up in the cloud. Who gets it? Does Google get it? Does Apple get it? So, Apple big story right now. As an investor, you need to decide. One of the stories that I saw that was out there that I thought was compelling and interesting was Walmart. Um, again, the whole... You saw that Claire stores went bankrupt. And I don't... I've probably never been in a Claire store. Because I don't go to malls to buy jewelry. But it's a mall jewelry chain and they're filing Chapter 11 bankruptcy. This is a sign of no good. Um, again, it's showing you that struggling malls, due to online competition, continue to be a story. And how nimble are the physical competitors? Do they have it over? At one point in time, was a problem for internet. The fact that you know you'd be like, I want to see that diamond ring before I buy that diamond ring. I want to wear these jeans before I buy these jeans. But I think we're kind of, we've broken that wall of we'll buy anything on the internet. Can't buy me love. Swipe right. Oh, you can buy love on the internet. Walmart doesn't want to sell TVs and furniture. They also want to put them together for you. Because it goes back to that Claire's store, which goes back to the Toys R Us store, which goes back to like the Macy's and the Sears and the JCPenney's and all the struggling retailers. How can Walmart Get your business and keep your business. Well, they think that by hiring a company with a deal for on-demand online services, Handy.com, which will allow shoppers to hire helpers at 2,000 of its stores nationwide to mount a TV on their wall or assemble a bookcase, um, that starts to get kind of interesting. You know, IKEA bought TaskRabbit, and I love the idea of, of paying a retailer X amount of dollars, and they can come and mount it on my wall. I don't want to mount it on the side of wall. I'm going to put a hole in wall, and then I'm going to curse. 
And then Sugar Booger's going to hand me a drill. I'm going to curse at her, and she's going to run off to the back room and cry. And then Sun's going to hand me a, a hammer. I'm going to curse at him because I just knocked a hole through the TV, and now the TV's broken, the wall's broken, everything's broken, my life is broken. So would I hire someone from Handy? I would, but do you know my first fear that comes up? What if it's a slacker who who smokes a lot of weed and eats a lot of uh, Doritos and comes to my house and I'm like, all right, all hey, bro. All right. I say, hey, bro, and he goes, all right, all right, all right. All right, all I'm right. I'm like, hey, bro, right. can you put my TV on my wall for me? And he goes, yeah, man, I can do it. Ha, 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 no problem. And then he can't do it. So are these handy workers going to be trained in putting together bookshelves and putting together furniture on walls? It's a good question. So, and that's kind of a what happens with word of mouth kind of answer, right? Um, I think that's kind of what you would be looking for. I could be wrong. So, 800-516-1220 to get your calls all in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Uh, large retailers are urging Trump not to hit China with tariffs. Uh, I think we're all a little afraid of that. What could derail our economy? Like It's like, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. It's like almost like a horror movie, though, too. Where you, know, you see the young, cocky wrestler in high school who just made out with a beautiful girl who has a crush on him, and she goes to the lake to swim in the lake and kind of cool down, and young, cocky wrestler goes to the tool shed, and you're like, oh no, is, it the, is, he, is he in the tool shed or is he in the lake? And you, you see the guy pick a soda, and then you see the hockey mask right behind it, but he doesn't notice. That's kind of what we're feeling like with Trump in the economy right now, and Trump in the stock market. It's like, please, 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 please don't go by the Chinese. No, 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 hold your breath. No, 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 sweet. We got through that one. We had to make the move, and we decided to make the move. So there's a lot of fear. I get emails at least, I would say, four a week of people thinking, I want out of this market because Trump's eventually going to ruin this market. But they also go, I'm glad I was in it last year. Um, Be careful, is my advice. Um, Don't let a president dictate 100% of your investment decisions. So... Facebook's lagging today. Um, Facebook's having some problems. And how they respond to these problems is going to be, I think, very interesting. So uh, they've got a lot of data problems. They've got a lot of confidence problems. But in the end, they're going to have to have a leadership step up to the plate and say, we got this. So otherwise, it's going to do some long-term damage to their credibility as far as does management have it. Facebook's down 6% today. First buying opportunity in a long time, or is the beginning and the end? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Three-star 
General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.